I Love Disney podcast. We are here for episode 35. Can you believe it's been 35 episodes? JD, David, what's up, guys? Crazy. Hey, Dustin, 35. Hey, hey, doing, what's up? Doing fantastic. I'm here. I'm joined. It's a snow day where I'm at. We had like seven inches of snow, and it's been kind of crazy. Um, so it's a snow day. All my kids are home. So this is Judah. Judah wanted to hang out on the podcast with us. Can you say, hey, Judah? Hi. All right. Hey, Judah. And my youngest, Cohen, is back here, too, and he wanted to pop in and say hey, too. Come over here. Come over and say hi to everybody. <laughs> say it's hi. a snow day party. Hey, yeah, snow day. He's writing little messages on that little pad, and he's showing me, like, I want to say hi. So I said, like, come on over here and say hi. <laughs> there you but go. It's great to have. How's the weather where you guys are? David, J- David, I know you had some snow there in Tennessee. Well, we just finally today, uh, it, it sounds like it's raining because the it, we got up to 40, so the snow is melting. We have, I probably had about four inches here, and so every and but it's been very icy. So all the ice and uh, off the trees and and the roof is starting to melt, and it so it sounds like there's rain falling outside. Yeah, this coming. But out I'm the glad trees to see right some now. sun. There's yeah. been no sun for like four days it's just been completely gray <laughs> it is great to have some sun out there and it's actually yes. very beautiful where we're at right now it's warming up and starting to melt but um we had seven inches in kentucky what people need to understand is and you might understand this too depending on where you live if you're, where you're listening from is that in kentucky and tennessee we're not super equipped for this so when it snows you know everything you stay inside you don't go to school you don't go anywhere because it's dangerous right the roads are messed up and we're not super equipped for that nobody knows how to drive on it so there's that and then you got jd down in sunny warm florida jd how's it going oh, yeah. down there it's actually been pretty chilly we've been in the 50s i had i had class this morning <laughs> i had class this morning and i was going uh, you know it's like nine o'clock and the sun hasn't really come up yet so i was kind of fast walking to get to class it was a little chilly Going to, going to school in 50 degrees, poor guy. <laughs> I a saw good week. yes. Go ahead. I was going to say it's a good week to go to Disney. <laughs> yes, I saw yesterday that uh, yesterday was Martin Luther King Day, and I know that's a very busy day in the park, but it was it was 57 degrees when I looked at the temperature on my phone there. So I was thinking, man, it, that would be a great day, except that it's so crowded there. <laughs> it's crowded. And and the one thing about chilly time, because we do like a, a yearly kind of Kings Island trip during Halloween, right? So the Halloween mm-hmm. night thing they have. And I will say this, like, it's great. But when it gets into like the 40s, 50s, the, the outdoor roller coasters, dude, now you got mm. tears, you know, coming down your face and you're just, you're just oh like shivering. Gosh. It's painful. It's painful. And people do it oh, like yeah. it's nothing too. It's crazy. I've got a fun story that, so we went to Dollywood in December um, and you know, they, it's pretty similar. December, Tennessee, it's pretty chilly. And we rode one yeah. of the new rides and they've got some pretty intense roller coasters. And uh, we're riding one of the newer rides. It's a wooden one. It's called uh, like the lightning rod. And yep. how it goes is you're you're strapped in, and it's known for its speed and how fast it goes. But you're kind of going through the Tennessee mountains, and literally the first thing you do before you go up this huge ramp is it sprays this water mist on <laughs> on the front of your car. So me, me and my wife McKay, we're sitting on the very front row, and we just get a face full of mist, and then it shoots us off. So we just have like this cold mist, and then it's like freezing. We're like Perfect. ice on our face. It was you think they freezing. would turn that off like under like sixty degrees or something? Exactly. Like, no. You would get them you would think you would think but no well uh, the great thing about snow days too is especially when you're um especially when you're when you're trapped inside like us is that um 
you get to watch a lot of television. We have watched a lot of television. We put the fireplace on and we watch a lot of Disney Plus. So we've been watching a lot of TV. JD, have you been watching a lot of TV this weekend? Not too much. I was traveling this weekend, but while I was on the plane and while I was waiting, I watched the first three episodes of Boba Fett. And that was really fun as a, as a time passer to get to watch those episodes was awesome. We've done Boba Fett as well, and yeah. um, we rewatched actually Eternals because it came out last week. I think okay. we've watched Eternals like one and a half more times. And wow. of course, Encanto has the soundtrack's been playing nonstop. And yeah. um, I feel like, oh, it, and also every time I look and somebody's got the TV on, the amazing Spider Man cartoons are, are hey, running. That's a good one. And my oldest is bragged to me that he is now like two and a half seasons through in the last week. Um, I don't know if that's something to brag about. I've watched so much TV, you know, Uh, but uh, anyhow, I need need a couple of snow days myself. I need to have a couple of snow days so I can catch up on my Spider-Man. I'm interested to hear, though, you know, we've talked about so many times when we rewatch things, they change our perspective and things like that. I really want to rewatch Eternals. What did you think when you were rewatching it? Yeah, again, and I think, too, the fact that you are willing to rewatch gives you more time with the characters, and you kind of know what's coming. I actually, I liked it the first time. I do understand it not being my favorite movie of all time. I understand the criticism. It's darker. It feels a lot different. Matter of fact, um, I have a cousin who who listens to the podcast, and he texted me. He saw it this weekend and says, man, I did not like that movie. It was terrible. And uh, we talked a little bit about it, and I totally get you know, if you're a Marvel fan, how it's different and how you would not like it. I also understand that there's a lot of ground to cover with new people and new characters. And and my, my original critique would it was that it could be a little bit longer, but it was already yeah. so long that that mm-hmm. makes it, that's another problem altogether. Um, but overall, I, I I really enjoyed it. Second time around, you know, we got to got to see some of the some of the more intricacies of, of some of the characters and the relationships, mainly with the um, uh, what's the the actor's name. He's uh, uh, the teacher that has no superpowers that uh, Jon Snow, he plays Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So um, it was interesting to watch his kind of development. And I still don't know whose voice that was at the end of a at the end of um, at the end of Eternals. Right. Yeah. When he's opening up the sword. So that was really interesting as well. Um, but yeah. yeah, I did enjoy. It. I enjoyed Eternals. I thought it was great and and content. But we watched a yeah ton of Disney Plus and a lot of rewatching too. David, did you um get a chance to watch a lot this weekend while you were snowed in? I uh, well, after we had our last conversation uh, about Encanto, I went back and watched that again, and I also watched Boba Fett through for the second time. <laughs> did, did you and, enjoy it? And I, and I watched Ryan the Last Dragon because I wanted to. I, I couldn't really remember it, and I wanted to kind of see how it held up against Encanto. Well, so tell us that. How did it hold up against Encanto? Comparing Raya and Encanto, what would you? What was your thoughts they're on so, that? They're so different. They're just they're so completely different. I think that the I think Encanto we talked about a little bit last week as an ensemble cast that's got so many characters it does a little bit better job because of the music of pulling you into all those characters and the one thing about raya there's so many characters you hardly have time to get to know everybody but i think it's one of those movies that when you you go back and watch it a second or third time it gets better and better because there's it's really 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 good and it's visually just stunning i still haven't seen raya i got it's on the list for me they've seen it i haven't seen it. it do you guys like raya it's, it's really good. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of things that I really like about it. Yeah. But I, I still, I, I, right now I have to give it to Encanto. It's, it's, yeah. 
it's caught its wave somehow right here, which I think is really interesting. When we when we talked about uh, Encanto the first time, it's musically to me it's a little bit different than I would think the average person who was listening to the radio pop music. I mean, so for the music to be so big, I'm kind of surprised because it's out of that. It's not as mo. It's not as much like Moana or Hercules. That it doesn't have that that typical disney ballad that you always expect there it's just musically so different yeah you're exactly right and that's a good news point that is we found out that um were you what are we holding up here what's that say captain marvel captain marvel <laughs> we watched that too this weekend he's letting us know what else we watched and <laughs> Julia, what, you know, what else did we see X-Men. we watched x-men two x-men movies too they oh were kind of catching up on those so yeah we've we've seen a lot of marvels uh stuff but it's, to your it's point all of x it's all of x-men on disney plus now I think so. Uh, okay. Most of it is. We watched the original one and then the the second one, X2. X2. Um, so okay. we're catching up a little bit. They're a little darker, yeah. a little more violent, but um, but um, still really, really strong, and they hold up. So we really yeah, enjoyed it's, those. It's a good time to watch all those X-Men, though, and I really needed to watch through them again because it just feels like there's so many different aspects. Um, but with all this new you know, multiverse, what are the possibilities with Marvel, maybe X-Men, this would be a good time to, to go through it and rewatch all those for sure. Totally. Well, we have, and we are on it, and probably are going to yeah. watch more today here in just there a little bit because we're still, still stuck at home. Um, but back to your Encanto, there was some news on that. The Encanto soundtrack is the first movie soundtrack to hit number one in like, I want to say like six or seven years, something along oh, those wow. lines. And, wow. um, and, and, and it's kind of what's interesting is the kind of ramp up of Encanto. We've talked a little bit before about how the marketing, it wasn't like this huge you know, holiday push. I think it, when it came out, you can kind of tell that, that it was a high profile because it was holiday release. You know, that usually you have your summer release and your holiday release and you bet a lot on those things. Right. But you also had Spider-Man coming out and that was the real big, you know, marketing push. So Encanto kind of got lost a little. Did it come out Thanksgiving weekend? Am I wrong about that? Yes. Yes, it yeah. did. And so that's a big that's a big movie opening weekend. So you don't like they didn't hide it by any means, but I, I just don't feel like I, I heard as much about it as I do normal releases that are big like that. It's been yeah. this like this slow ramp up. It took me a while. I didn't see it till it was on Disney Plus. Number one, right. Number two, um, and I think a lot of people are like that these days. Still, people aren't going to the theaters as much, or they're saving their theater time for the big. You know, Spider Man's coming out. We're going to that. You know, we're not going to go to this and this and this and this like we used to do, right? So maybe it's some of that. But then that soundtrack, you know, I think the Bruno's, the, we don't talk yeah. about Bruno is now like a number one hit TikTok, you know, number one, been a huge TikTok sensation. And just that soundtrack just kept growing and growing as pushed movie, watch, the movie um, um, viewership yeah. up and up and up. And it's been fascinating. It's kind of been a viral sensation. Yeah. And you can't think- do- go, ahead. go ahead. No, you got no, it. I was just gonna say, well, the thing about Encanto, and we kind of keep, we kind of keep saying it without really saying it about Encanto. Encanto's good; it's a great plot, uh, interesting characters, the animation's beautiful, but the the storyline and the music, the music that brings the storyline together. Um, I mean, we keep talking about Lin Manuel, and it's like, man, he's done Hamilton, he's done Into the Heights, and it's like the man really just deserves his own genre of music because it's <laughs> such an interesting take where it's like it's a musical. But then it's also like this raspy, almost rap. But then it goes into like these crazy, you know, high, low notes. And it's, it's fun to watch and it's, and it's entertaining. But I think that the music and the soundtrack is really what elevated. And it's the reason people are talking about it. 
Well, I, that's what I was going to say is with with the Bruno song. That does every is there what is it musically that everybody loves about that song, or does everybody identify that they have every family has a Bruno that they don't talk about? What it what what is it that made that song so huge? I think it's both. What is it? I- I think I think that I actually was reading an article. It might have been like USA Today about that song in particular and how it w- it had um, kind of uh, brought up. It, they use the word, you know, the buzzword is it triggered people, right? And they were saying it triggered people who are in families where they've been outcast, where they've been, you know, it, it brought up a lot of emotions for some people. So I think there's some of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I also think, man, that track is slamming. And just the layered vocals at the end, it builds and builds and builds just like a pop song. And you and I are, you know, do this, David, like it just sort of like the lyrics, my, my, my kids sing this, it, there's this hooky kind of, even in the verses, the um, seven foot frame rats on his back. When he calls your name, it all fades to black. It actually feels a little kind of cheesy, but the way those sort of hit, man, my kids sing that over and over and over. And it's the, we don't talk about Bruno, no, no, no. It's that, that, um, the, the making yeah. the hook with the with the with the sounds of the of the words right you know justin bieber does that and i think these are really infectious like pop songs and then you yeah. got the whole latin the latin vibe of it that just you know the salsa sort of feel and man i just think it's a recipe for a hit and it's only one there's probably three hits on the on the soundtrack all the music's beautiful and tells a story yeah. but there's three songs in particular that were made for like right like let's let's get this out on social media and TikTok and people will be singing this forever. We yep. write kids music sometime once a year and our goal is for like parents to be sick of the songs right after a while and man they 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 knock that out of the park with this. I'm not sick of it yet either. I I've I've absolutely loved it. Yeah, it fits so well. It sounded great. And I think we can all agree like there's nothing worse than when you're singing to like a musical kind of movie. And, you know, you're kind of getting a little bit of plot, then it's another song. And then you're like, really? Another song? And then it kind of goes a little longer. And you're just like, why do they keep just singing? But with this and Canto, it didn't feel like that. It just felt like it all flowed like perfectly and really fun. Well, again, that was kind of the problem with the last Frozen. You know, it was plenty good and it was okay. But the first Frozen was a hit because of that song, right? I mean, and it was kind of built on each other. I won't say it's because of the song, but it just sort of was the perfect you know, um, mix of, of hit song, every little girl singing this song, the story, the animation and frozen two was great, but didn't have that kind of smash hit. Right. And again, you, you can't just predict that stuff either. You can't just say, Hey, write us a smash hit. You know, it seems like sometimes they can knock them out of the park, but that's not like a given. And so for him to do this is pretty awesome. What was Judah? What was your favorite song on the Encanto soundtrack? We don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about Bruno. That's your favorite one. What would you say your second favorite one is? You think? Uh. Uh. Can you <laughs> Under the surface. Yeah. Under the surface. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Under the surface is another kind of smash. I think too. That's a great song. Um, and I think again, it's not just the the song being so catchy. It's the it's such a relatable topic. I mean, who can't. Like feel that feel the weight of the pressure of, of like what whatever you, you know there's being a parent or being at your job or your what the expectations your parents have placed on you and my place in the world I think everybody can kind of kind of feel has felt that at some point in their lives and it's super relatable on the message side. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Every everybody in the family is is caring a lot. <laughs> they have well, they're all under pressure. Nobody nobody the, is at what you think. They're all dealing with trauma. 
<laughs> well, and, and now, and it's funny, this is turning into an Encanto podcast because, you know, we talk about it <laughs> every week now and analyze it a little bit more, but, um, but it, that's, it's kind of indicative of how this has grown with all of this. I've seen it, like, the more I see it, the more you're right. The, and the grandma is the one putting the pressure on, right? Right. And, and, and but, I, but she's trauma based too. I mean, I mean the whole, you know, what well, she and went then, through losing her husband and. Well, and then there's the natural part of now the town relies on them. Everybody right. relies on them. Many people are dependent on them keeping this going, right? And so right. the fact that it might fall apart, you know, th- that you feel like it's all on you, right? And and I, I think it's a super relatable message. And I think everybody also has family elements just like those two. You got the the grandma or the parent that's kind of a little overbearing in, in, in a loving way. Like they just want, there's a lot of pressure and they want you to feel that pressure, right? I think it did great too. Like in Western cultures, it's very individualistic, right? It's, there's the, and even Frozen goes this way. And this is kind of one of the, one of the things I pull back with Frozen a little bit. It is all about me and me thriving and growing in my individualism and expressing myself, right? That's a very Western thing. And mm-hmm. I think in Kanto, what I've loved about it, and there is the, there are those elements of people, you know, expressing how they feel, and that's totally good, and I think uplifting and a good message for us. But what I love is this kind of other culture that isn't as Western, that is, I belong to the community. I belong to the family. The family depends on me. The community depends on me. And this mm-hmm. communalism that's not, that's not Western, that we don't hear a lot of. And I think because we don't hear a lot of that, I think that we actually, um, that might be one of the reasons why the movie's working so well. Hmm. I don't know, just a thought. Yeah. Interesting thought. Yeah, I like it though. I mean, I think it kind of relates to Coco in a way. I mean, when you talk about soundtrack and how like the soundtrack relates to the movie, but also where like in Coco, the town in like an analogy is kind of his family where he has to go against his family to bring it together. And it's the same way with uh, Encanto is he kind of they kind of have to go against the town or kind of go against like the family to bring every to have that realization of, you know, we all we all are together and we all are working on the same team and your gifts aren't any more important than my gifts. And, Mm. you know, the only way we can really thrive is if we work together. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I hope our listeners just stay tuned, listen to episode 36, where we'll break down Encanto even more, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's just so fun to talk about because it's such a great movie. You Did you enjoy it, Judah? Yeah. yeah. Is it one of your favorites from more recently? <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, we talked about Boba Fett too. You, you, David, yes. you, you've watched Boba Fett this weekend. And did, did I get it right? Have you watched it twice now? Well, I, yes, I watched. I watched it twice. I watched each episode as they came out, but then I watched. Uh, I went back and just watched everything in one sitting. And JD, you're yeah. caught up too, right? Yep, all three episodes. Awesome. Well, what are your thoughts, David? Uh, I thought it was good. Uh, I, I, overall, I liked it. I, I it felt very Mandalorian to me. It felt uh, like the same creative team. I felt. I mean, the writing. I think with John Favreau, that all felt familiar. Um, I, I liked it. I think I was I was uh, looking at Rotten Tomatoes earlier and saw that critically it's got a ninety, but that the audience is voted right now in the sixties. So hmm. I'm wondering. I, I like it, so I'm I'm wondering what the public, you know, how, why they haven't scored it higher. And I, I think the one thing that was different 
about this than Mandalorian is there's no baby Yoda. There's, I mean, it's all really good, but there's this, that, that character's not there. I think that probably a lot of people liked Mandalorian just because of Grogu, you know, and it was less about the show than it was about that cute character. Cause I, I mean, when you really look at it, you've got Mandalorian and Boba Fett seem very similar to me. Uh, troubled past the helmet. I mean, everything's, I mean, there's so much like them. They both have strong warrior women who are close allies. There's a lot of this alike. And I, I loved all, I mean, man, the, 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 just the, again, the effects and everything for a TV show is, and the, and all the characters and creatures is just so uh, unique. So I really enjoyed it. I, I again, Star Wars, um, I'm, I'm trying to constantly figure out, like, how does this fit? I know there, a lot of people are so Star Wars uh, literate that they, they know everything that's happening before it happens. I watched a few uh, videos where people break it down and show you all the things you missed, and I was like, whoa, I missed so much. <laughs> I had no idea that was that person was from that and that connected to that and, you know, things that they say that, that were in Mandalorian and characters that just ran across the screen for a second that were in Empire Strikes Back. I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that that I it, it goes over my head, but I still I'm I'm still intrigued. And it 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 you know it, it the second episode was was almost an hour, so that one was you know I imagine that if you if you were waiting for that cute Grogu moment that you know it, it might have gotten a little long but i've liked it yeah i would, I would agree with what you're saying though earlier dad though about the whole i mean when you think about the last time we got maybe new star wars content that really was in this universe of what's going on with the boba fett story was the mandalorian sort of and that was you know a year or two ago so it is kind of like you do need a refresher course you need to kind of watch a maybe like a youtube video of like what you need to remember before watching you know, Boba Fett, because I mean, I'm the same way. I would consider myself like a decent Star Wars fan, but I'm not, I'm like, I'm barely getting half of what they're kind of, you know, kind of feeding to the audience. Um, so I would agree with that 100%. Well, you're also I, getting I, drop. I, Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that I, I remember in Mandalorian, uh, in the in the episode that showed like an X wing fighter, and everybody got so excited because it was this. And already I was like, wow, we've had we're, we're the job of the hut. Uh, we've got more hut characters. We saw we've seen a a, a land speeder. I mean, we the, the the Tuscans, all the sand people. I mean, just so many older characters are in this already. But now we've kind of gotten used to that again. <laughs> It's like yeah. everybody was so excited before when you just got a glimpse of, of old Star Wars. And I think there's been quite a bit in this. Um, there were some cameos of the, again, I saw, uh, you know, that remember in the Mandalorian, the, uh, the, in, the female engineer that has the droids and he pulls in and she watches Grogu for him while he mm -hmm. goes to do something else. She doesn't walk by, like she just walks by in a oh, scene wow. the, the scene where the stormtroopers helmets are on the spears and she walks by i mean just little things like that where they're dropping all these things to kind of give you timeline references so you know that's happening at the same time this is happening but like i i have to have a tutorial <laughs> yeah 
Well, they're also dropping you in ran- like different timelines, all the Disney contents. A little, and it's really similar to, you know, the Mandalorian and timeline. But the other thing that's different about this is there, these are, Boba Fett is a known, he's been, he's been in around since Empire Strikes Back, which right. is, it's weird because it's episode five, yet it's the second one altogether. I don't think he was in A New Hope. I, I think he makes his first appearance in Empire I could be wrong about that. Maybe yeah, at the right. end of New Hope, he might like you might see a screen. I'm not sure, um, but um, I I could be wrong. I, if I'm wrong about that, I, that's that's bad. But he, he definitely because, just walks by if you see him. Yeah. It, it, so because he's such a kind of known and loved character, you know, his reemergence in The Mandalorian last season, The Mandalorian was a big deal, right? We saw mm-hmm. the. The, the, the equipment and then we were like oh is he going to and there he was and now we're learning about his backstory we all knew he had to get out of the whatever that i forget what that monster animal that ate him was called but we all saw him get eaten by that in return of the jedi so the assumption was he's dead but we never saw that so now we see that we see how it you know his relationship with the tuscan raiders and the sand people in that culture um kind of grew and was different and i thought that was that's been really interesting too but i do think that we're only three episodes in We've right. not had that hook episode yet for people who aren't Star Wars fans, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, that was what made The Mandalorian so special. When he found the child, that episode where he found the child, everybody's in. You know, if you weren't a Star Wars fan, you're like, this is this is great TV. And it wasn't just the child. It was just that there were new characters. Nobody knew who they were. They were taking it anywhere they want, and it was just great TV. Um, I had a lot of friends that weren't Star Wars people that really got into that series. And I don't think this has kind of crossed that bridge yet, Um, but it still might. We're only three episodes in. We'll see. Right. Yeah. I would say, I would say the third episode has been my favorite episode so far, merely off the fact that it it feels like the most big picture. It's like when I, like with the Mandalorian, I didn't have like as much expectation to big story Star Wars. Cause like, this is just some character that they kind of just like, made up and and wanted to be a part of this universe both boba fett it's like we already kind of know a little bit of history so in that first episode when it was like he's just kind of running around with some sand people and the you know the tuscans i was kind of disappointed because i was like like what what are they trying to do but i think you're right dustin these first episodes have just been kind of like set up characters for us to understand what he's kind of been through yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Have you enjoyed it, Judah? Have you enjoyed Boba Fett? What's yeah. the, who's your favorite character in the in the show? I think the Tuscans. The Tuscans? You like the Tuscans? What do you like about you like the noises they make? <laughs> <laughs> no. How, how about that though? How about how about Boba Fett making us care about the Tuscans and the Sand People? This whole time they've been just like these, you know, emotionless, you know, almost like animal creatures and now they've made them like these humanistic you know they're able to have relationships i mean how i mean that's crazy every culture has their reasons for doing what they do and and um some would argue that you know they're from the sand that they people are intruding on on their their you know culture and values and land and things like that and you know we saw them you know obviously in a new hope in, in tattooing they've been a presence but even in um the phantom menace you know they're shooting the pod racers as they go by and you can imagine they have this this huge race we're just gonna have this race out in the desert right through their home you know what i mean like i can imagine they'd be kind of irritated about that too um but uh as a degree so we've seen them throughout so it's really cool to get they get a little screen time and we find out more about their culture and and again how that has shaped how um boba fett's um connection to them shapes his 
approach to how he how he does things. You know, a former bounty hunter that's for profit only now seems to be wanting to rule by respect, not fear, as he says. And we're seeing how that how that happens. And so far, no one really respects him, you know, in, in the town and his new role. Um, but we'll see how that changes as, as it goes mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, I don't know if y'all caught this uh, call back to Mandalorian, but do y'all remember watching Mandalorian? Um, you know, the whole thing about Boba Fett and the Tuscans is he's like, now you have to pay a tax and a toll for everybody who's going through their land. And in the Mandalorian, that happens. The Mandalorian's doing some side mission with a character looking for something, and they give the Tuscans, like, I think it was like a set of binoculars or something as the toll. Um, which is one of the ones that I caught on to that I was like, okay, let's go. Now I know some of the timeline. Some like <laughs> like this is really similar timeline to the Mandalorian. Right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. What do you What do you expect? We got a new episode dropping tonight at midnight. Um, as of we record this, what What do you expect going forward? Do you know? Do we know how many episodes there are in this? Are there I don't. eight, ten? Okay. I'm not sure. I don't know if they've announced that yet or just going to surprise us or they don't want to tell us it's only six and us all be upset. <laughs> yeah. But it, the, the, this third episode did end with like, we're, 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 we're going to be at war. Like, I mean, it set up, you know, that here comes, here comes the battle. So hopefully it's going to, it's going to jump up another level here. Yeah. It's hard to know. It's hard to know what it's going to end up being um just because there's so many things and already there's been so many character you know you think this is the biggest villain but then this is the you know the mastermind already in the first kind of three episodes um so it's hard to know where they're going to take it i think this fourth episode is going to be pretty pivotal in what the rest of the season is going to look like i would completely agree with that and it's exciting to see where it's going i'm sure we'll talk more about that in future episodes go ahead ahead, sorry i was trying to ask you guys because this is this is a question that i've asked myself watching boba fett so far like do you guys are you guys buying in to this character of like do you care about you know our main characters do you think his like cause is like actually legit as in like i've i've kind of found it hard to believe that this you know bounty hunter has just kind of flipped a switch of this like good guy that's been my only well, hard thing of like kind of tweaking do i want to kind of hear y- y'all's perspective on that i still don't think he's a good guy because he's he stepped into the role of mafia boss and he's taxing yeah. people for no reason he's just you know mm-hmm. i'm going to be the guy that gets paid to protect and you know I, yeah so i, right. I it's sort of like i don't necessarily if he was a great so, guy, you know, he would just get rid of all the all those injustices. Instead, he's just gonna set himself as a as a um, as a, a toll booth, if you will, in the city gotcha. as the presence of of power. You know, he could go anywhere and do anything. So why is he gonna camp in Jabba's palace? You know, I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not sold yet that he's he's a good dude. Gotcha. I still got the feeling though that the whole time with the with the Tuscan. Uh, Sand people uh, was to kind of change his viewpoint. Like he's he's he, he was taken down to prisoner status, and he's kind of worked his way up in their culture, and he's learned to respect. And maybe maybe there's been some shift there. They keep going back and showing all these flashbacks of his childhood, and the, again his trauma. So again, it's like that reminds me a lot of Mandalorian going back. I think with with this when he goes back with the um, sand people and there's there's been obviously while he's been gone there's been destruction. It reminded me of Luke Skywalker going home and everything's been 
So it's kind of like the same kind of story arcs where he's lost, he's built it back up. Now he's lost everything again. So maybe that's how they're, they're, they're going to change this character. I, I did see at a few things that I watched online, just reviews and people's opinions that came up a lot. It's a people, a lot of people, especially fan diehard fans already have in their mind how that character is. And so if it does anything different than they expected for the past 30 years, they're disappointed, you know? And so that's, that's a really hard thing in any franchise when they, whether it's Harry Potter or any other thing, when, when, when fans believe they know something so well and the, the creators shift something or modify something, it can be jolting yeah. to people's when, expectations. Yeah. yeah and it's a, uh, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, there's definitely a theme of mercy. Like he's been shown mercy and now he shows mercy, right? Um, to he, he, when he lets the guy, he lets, I forget the, the name, the, not uh, the Wookiee, he lets him go, but the, the ones that squeal like pigs. Oh yeah. Yeah. The guard, the guards, the, the, the guards, um, I forget. I know yeah. what they're called, but I, but he lets, he, when he gets injured, he tells them to put him in his healing bath. Yeah. What do you call that? Uh, yeah, there's so, that. Throughout, throughout, there's been a lot of mercy shown. Where, and even to yeah. the people paying tribute, he puts up with a lot of stuff, like the mayor's little little squirrely guy that, you know, is, is kind of being shady. You know, he's very much, you know, instead of like, I mean, they do, you know, bust their way into the mayor's, you know, office or whatever that is. But there's a balance of strength and and, and grace and mercy that he's doing that is uncharacteristic of the the Boba Fett we knew. Of course, we didn't know much about him. You know, just. Mm-hmm. To be perfectly honest, all the people that think they know everything about Boba Fett, they're just taking, you know, stories and lore. We, we have, you know, what, a total of probably 20 minutes of screen time yeah. ever, you know, on this mm-hmm. guy. And so mm-hmm. you, you can't really say, well, we know him. You know, we right. don't. And they're doing a great job showing what happened since, you know, and, and I wouldn't call him reformed. But I think the the human experience is that when you experience grace and mercy, that you are a person that are more as more likely to to give grace and mercy, and I think that's what we're seeing. Um, right. And like you said, you pointed out the guards, and then the big at the end of episode three. You know, these are spoilers, of course, but you know when he lets the Wookiee go, um, that's he's gonna that that character is coming back at some point to be a part of this, and um, mm-hmm. that's gonna loom large. I think his decision to have mercy on him. Um, I would have asked the dude, Hey, do you want to work for me? You know, cause that's a pretty menacing character. <laughs> exactly. Or sold but, him. Um, you know, you could have easily, he could have easily made a lot of money, but he didn't yeah. he just let him go. Yeah. You didn't want to sell him into slate. You're right. It's, it's interesting to watch it all happen. And, and there's a lot of like, uh, he's leaving himself. It seems vulnerable. Like you can see, uh, Finnick Shan is, is, uh, is, is kind of looking at him like, you know, raised eyebrows. Like, what, you, what are you doing? What, why, why are we doing this? You know, um, really interesting to kind of see how that's all going to play out she seems to be the voice of like this guy's changing and i'm on board but you know i'm not so sure about all this yeah that's mm-hmm. been and i and i want to see i'm ready to see just a little bit more of her uh break out because she's such a she's such a good actress i don't know if you uh have seen her if you watch shield agents of shield she was a major character in fact ming na is ming na Wen, she's the only person i know of she is in star wars she was in Marvel, and she was a Disney princess because <laughs> she's the oh, voice yeah. of Mulan. Yeah. Okay, so I don't wow, think anybody a, a career. is kind of a, a trifecta that I don't think anybody else has 
has obtained Marvel, Star Wars, and Disney Princess Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> and and in, and in, and in uh, I mean, there her fight scenes and things like that, and, and Agents of Shield were, were were really some strong uh, things. I want to see her do some more of that. I saw someone in an interview this week asked her if in a fight who would win, Finnick or Mulan. oh that's cool she said well uh mulan just uses her hands and finnick has weapons so that would be a hard one to a hard one to decide that would be that would be a fun thing to talk about one day though just get all these different you know powerful characters and debate who would win that sounds like a good time ariel versus bell cage match (laughs) There you go. I was th- I was thinking more like the beast, the beast fights Baymax oh. <laughs> or Genie. That'd be good. That's yeah, a pretty. Fun. We could do like a uh, uh, um during maybe in March during March Madness we could do a, some brackets. That would oh, be a fun yeah, bracket. That would be fun. And we could just yeah that'd be that'd be awesome. We should do something like that. Um, yeah. Any it, that I think that man we've between Boba Fett and in, and then our, our weekly Encanto discussion. And, um, and, you know, we watched the Eternals and X-Men and y'all have seen so many things. Um, I think we've kind of covered the gambit on Disney Plus for the week. Is there any other Disney news, park-related or otherwise business-related that you guys have, have seen this week? That have been interesting biggest, to you guys? The biggest news I saw was this famous figment popcorn bucket that people stood in line seven hours for the day it was released. And, uh, you know, I saw a lot of people saying, what in the world? Why are people wanting to do this and I, I immediately went to ebay and saw they were already on sale for 250 dollars and i think even higher than that i think some people have uh you know even tested the waters higher now i don't know if they're selling but i imagine they are but you know you could only get two i mean that was a limit of two i believe yeah. and uh 25 popcorn bucket i mean it's got popcorn in it and you know it's a refillable so, bucket so so do you do you have to like keep the popcorn in it uneaten for yeah, that's some expensive popcorn, popcorn. It, it actually it actually had a special popcorn that was like a multicolored, uh you know figment, okay this like, this is colors. something they but, used to do right I, I feel like i remember this like from when i was a kid the, is that true the popcorn buckets yeah they've done the, the popcorn, popcorn buckets, buckets with the multicolored what? popcorn well, that, yeah, some, sometimes it's multicolored, but I mean, it can be different. Uh, I, def- I haven't seen them do this in a while, except the specialty popcorns in the park, like in Galaxy's Edge and places like that. But they are, they ran out of that popcorn. Like now they're now if now you just get regular popcorn because the but I think you get more popcorn if you get the the regular popcorn because it was just so, a little. It's just a little. So what makes of, it rare? Was it just a limited time item? Is let me ask you this: Is Figment still a presence in the in the parks, or is it kind of like is that it? Like he is, he is. But I think there's there. You got people that are going. I don't get it. Uh, why you know? But Figment to a lot of people is the ultimate Epcot. Yeah, symbol. totally. I mean, if if you've grown up going to the parks since the '80s and '90s, and you grew up in that area, especially. You know, and Figment merchandise still is, I mean, it sells. I mean, you see, there's a lot of like Figment and Stitch and there's just Mm. some characters that you keep going, man, they just make so many things. But I don't think there's been a Figment popcorn bucket, uh, anything like that in a long time. When I was there in the fall, uh, right after the 20th, I mean, 50th anniversary, (laughs) the big thing was a Mickey popcorn bucket. Everybody was trying to get this Mickey popcorn bucket. And they only had Figment at one place. There was one food booth 
uh, where if you wanted to get the food at that booth, get, you know, forget it. Cause everybody was in line for the popcorn bucket, but they don't had it in one place, which is probably to keep people from going around from to multiple locations and buy more. So maybe there's some accountability, but I think people just got, I think it was so long because the eBayers were just getting back in line. They were getting their two, they were getting back in line they were, and get, because I saw pictures, there were other vloggers in the park that day going, what's going on? And you see people walking out with like 10 popcorn buckets. That's and it's so like, crazy. How, how did they, it was a limit of two, but they're walking out with armfuls. Yeah, and that's where I've had some experience with that. I mean, I've got like I'm all about merchandise. I, you know, I appreciate people who like merchandise. That's great. And I've bought pins a couple of times where it's been like two per person, and I've had cast members tell me, "Well, it's only two per person, but, you know, your wife over there, she could just come get in line next to you and then I could ring it up as, you know, two people and stuff like that." So it's like almost like these cast members are, you know, allowing it. Like there's not I've not like well, seen, you know, too much of of uh you know record keeping of oh i've seen you in line you just went through my line and stuff like that (laughs) which they can't really do and that that's where it goes on disney to kind of like they're if they're going to do it they kind of need to implement another kind of system than just going through the line you know well you can see from a cast member's perspective uh, if i sell out of these quicker i don't have to deal with these crazy people anymore (laughs) true true i think that's it a lot of times but the, the the idea is like nobody knows there could be a million of these popcorn buckets I mean, yeah. We don't even know how many there are. Popcorn yeah. bucket. Judas, Judas, oh, there <laughs> but there the, uh, I mean, the really crazy thing though is, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm about two hours from the parkish. So I do, I mostly, most of my Disney days are drive up and then drive back. So like every couple of weeks and I cannot imagine, even though I go to the parks pretty often, if I've got a 10 hour park day and these lines were reported at seven hours, I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, unless you are planning on reselling it, you know, which is whatever, I cannot imagine saying, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna well, give three, I'm gonna give three fourths of my day to get this popcorn bucket." These are well, obviously if, season pass holders. That oh yeah, this if is what they do. The, if you go on the eBay and you look at the people that are selling these, they're going to be Winter Haven, Kissimmee. They're going to be in all the. It's not going to be somebody from. I mean, there may be a random person that was there from Pennsylvania that day that got a couple of, and and doesn't want it or bought one for the bought popcorn and said, "Hey, if somebody wants this and gives me two hundred dollars, here you go." But uh, yeah, yeah it, I, I mean, it's most, a, it, if I were there, the people that are doing that are are locals. Yeah, and it's a good way. You think of ways to pay off your season pass, right? To monetize. Right. Um, I have a, a if I were there, I would. I, I probably wouldn't stand in line for to, to resell a popcorn bucket, but I would be looking. I, I, that'd be a great podcast topic is to research and find people who who have side businesses attached to their Disney season pass. Whether I know there's photographers, there's you know tour guide outside air you know outside tour guides that'll meet you in the park at a certain time that's not sanctioned. There's all sorts of stuff like that that goes on. I, I'm I'm curious to I wonder what the economy of that is in real life in real terms. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. I think it's quite a bit, but there several times lately Disney has revoked people's annual passes for buying ridiculous amounts of product of merch. Yeah, and and reselling it, and I think again as a as somebody who wants, I mean, there've been some things that I've wanted, and I'm grateful 
if somebody that's down there will post it. But what I what I'm going to look for is somebody that's already getting a, a passholder discount. They're getting twenty percent off, and right. then you know. So if it's a twenty dollar item and they're getting twenty percent off, if they if they put it online for twenty one twenty two dollars, they're making money. I'm getting yeah. it for a fair price. But yeah. it's when suddenly it's it was twenty five, but you put it online for five hundred. That's well, that's uh, when it goes crazy. And that this happens every now and then. There will be one thing that it's like just everybody wants and the prices go crazy. And that's, that's just really weird. Well, and I think there's a two, and I think Disney probably differentiates on this. They'd be smart if they did a difference between someone who's running this as a business. Right. Right. And they're there. And you can look at their eBay account and just be like, Oh my goodness, this is a, you can track what they sell. And then a whole other thing oh, yeah. of like, well, I bought two, I sold one to pay for mine, right? I've done that right. so many times with everything from PlayStations to Xboxes mm-hmm. through, through the years in college. So I got through college. I'd camp out in front of a Target, you know, um, in the middle of the freezing cold to be the first in line to get one of 10 Xboxes. And, you know, and, and you know, you go to the next one. If you can get two of them, you can sell one on eBay to pay for yours. You know, I totally get that. It's a whole other thing if you're running a business, like, and got armies of people and you're going in and, you know, got thousands and thousands just trying to scam the and, and you know, scam the system. It's a completely different thing. Yeah. But it it made national news. Like we saw it in I saw it in multiple uh, yeah. news outlets. Like it wasn't just Disney fandom talking about it. People it people were going seven hours for a popcorn bucket. <laughs> well, yeah, and make especially that into NFT. Then, yeah, exactly. Then we, yes. a, then we can get in line too, right where we're at. You know. Yeah. But yeah, looking on the, all the news sources, all the, I, I watch some business news every once in a while. And when you look down the web and it's Disney headline, you know, Figment popcorn bucket, you know, sells on eBay for $200 guest waiting, you know, seven hours. And it's like, you know, a majority of these business guys or anybody who's looking at this website probably doesn't even know who Figment is. Like it's not even a Mickey, you know, it's not even like a Mickey 50th anniversary. And like, like I've talked to a couple of people and like for my generation, we don't even really relate with like i get figment is that he kind of represents imagination but you know our generation we didn't really grow up watching him besides riding the ride every once in a while judy do you know who figment is no he has no my generation my generation going to epcot it was so uh edutain educational edutainment whatever (laughs) everything was just a different feel and so imagination pavilion with Figment was the one thing that was like kid. Uh, it was it was the one thing that was kind of a new IP. He was new, but he felt very Disney Magic Kingdom at Epcot. So I think there's just that generation that uh, one never wanted that to change, and that must be the crowd that loves it so much. Because again, there's there's he has a lot of merch and people buy it and. Uh, it's, I, I'll keep going. If people love that, love this character that much, he probably needs a bigger, a bigger uh, attraction. Because right now, it's it's it needs to be redone. It needs to be bigger. <laughs> it needs to be better. <laughs> Anybody? Well, we that definitely gets need more seven, popcorn buckets. Yeah, <laughs> but any any character that gets a seven hour line for his popcorn bucket deserves a better attraction. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Totally agree. 
Well, um, I think we, I think we've kind of, we've kind of wind down a little bit, but man, I appreciate y'all's time and I'm excited about next. We got, got some ideas today about the brackets and our weekly Encanto, you know, updates on <laughs> and Boba Fett as well. But man, a lot of stuff coming up in the parks, a lot of stuff coming, um, coming up and we can't wait to talk about it with you all. We thank you guys for listening. We thank you for tuning in each week. We ask if you like what you hear, share it with a friend, rate us five stars. It helps us out a lot. It helps more people find out who and what we're doing here. That is why we love Disney. We'd love to know why you love Disney. Let us know. You can meet us at whyilovedisney.com. Um, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, we got all those things. Check us out and let us know and communicate with us. We'd love to hear from you. David, JD, great to, great to have you guys today. Great to hang out, all right. as always. Awesome. Judah, hey, good Judah, to have you too, buddy. Thanks for joining in. Thanks, Judah. Did you have a good time? Yeah. Will you come meet us again at some point? Probably. Oh, maybe. yeah. Let's see what Let's I got go. going on. <laughs> All right, guys. Take care. See you next time.